We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning. Welcome to the Roto Grinders NBA Morning Grind. I'm Justin Carlucci here again with Chris Prince, aka Beer. What's up, man? How much, buddy? Uh, let's see another day NBA hoops here to talk about. So we get another nice slate of games. We're going to continue to see this where the games are spread out uh, all day long. Makes it a lot of fun and uh, a lot, lot of interesting action here. We got we got a kind of recap from yesterday. So uh, you know we're we're recording the night before games are still going on. We still have. Uh, the main event we talked about yesterday to go, but uh, an interesting day to say the least. Yeah, well, not only did we have some crazy, uh, more weirdness to to continue the season, but we had a lot of injury news. We'll get to that as we discuss Wednesday's slate. But of course, you know, we could just quick touch on that train wreck of a first game we both spoke about yesterday. So, what what's the culmination with that game for you? I mean, I pretty much avoided it. Exactly what we kind of talked about. Uh, I played mostly on FanDuel today, and and those prices, as we said, it was going to lead to heavy ownership. Now, it wasn't as heavy as I thought it would be, but I don't feel like I really missed out on anything. You know, Garrett Temple, obviously, was a huge value if you had him. Uh, Outside of that, though, you know, TLC was decent, but, you know, guys like Tyler Johnson – they were okay. So I, I don't really feel like I missed much uh, not playing these Brooklyn guys. So kind of went to, to Q as we expected. So so glad to see that for the sake of our lineups. A lot of other landmines out there. I know you want to talk about some other spots that, that didn't work out. But even the Milwaukee side of things kind of, you know, it was a – we said, don't don't play honest. You know, kind of be worried about it. And, you know, you kind of saw that play out. So we're going to take a little, a little toot our own horn on, on that Brooklyn-Milwaukee game. Yeah, you know, uh, the starters were benched at halftime, after halftime pretty much for Milwaukee. I think a couple of them stayed out there. Uh, surprising to me, personally, that Robin Lopez carried about 20-plus percent ownership. That news came 
kind of right before Locke, I didn't expect him to see 20%. He was one of the aforementioned landmines. Ugh, brutal. Robin Lopez was brutal. Uh, Bogdanovich started the game, I believe, over 13 from the floor for Sacramento. He had a really nice salary. Uh, I think he hit a three in overtime, though. So that was a competitive game we talked about. Could have been pretty sneaky. Obviously, Luca went crazy. Uh, and who is the other landmine? Trey Burke was supposed to start. Yeah. And then, oh, whoops, <laughs> just kidding. We had our first just kidding of the restart of the league. And he carried a lot, a lot of ownership, and he ended up stinking up the joint, too. And I think we said when he's highly owned, we don't want any Trey Burke. I stepped on that one myself. So I should have listened uh, to my own words on that one. Unfortunately, I always get sucked in by Trey Burke. I, I don't know what it is. We know what it is. The upside's there for this guy can go for, for 40 fantasy points. We've already seen it here in the bubble, but you get games like this where he just doesn't get the minutes, doesn't get the run. And, you know, you end up disappointed more often than not. So uh, yeah, quite a, quite a few spots, but, some good spots out there as well. And this Luca triple-double, I saw a stat today, just the fourth time uh, since the, the NBA merger that a player has put up a triple-double with 30 points, 20 rebounds, and 10 assists. So uh, Jokic had one earlier this season. So just four times that happened since 1973 or whatever it is. So it's a hell of a performance. you know. And he, he's averaged a triple-double against this team. We, we spoke about that yesterday. Got it done here once again. One of those you got to have Luca, or you pretty much can call it a night, uh, even with this Portland-Houston game still to go. Yeah, he was like 32% owned in the 888 on DK. So we'll see you later if you don't have Luca in right. that one. You know, Luca is just so fun to watch because he doesn't wow you. Like, I feel this is very cliche, but he's not the biggest. He's not the, the fastest. He doesn't have the best handles. But, boy, does, does he do everything about a 9 out of 10 on the rating scale combined. I mean, what an amazing player. I was talking in Discord a little bit, our premium Discord, before the slate, and we were, people were throwing around Trey Burks and Tim Hardaway. And I did ask some Tim Hardaway, and he had a pretty good game. I think he had just under five times value. He scored in the 20s, had a couple of rebounds, but really didn't have any dimes, no steals, no blocks. We so just didn't really get there. So he was okay. But the thing with Luka is – when that fourth quarter rolls around, it's hard to play a Dallas guard because he kind of does what the Lakers do. He's like he's like their version of LeBron. He's going to dribble the ball up every possession. He's just going to dance around the screen until the clock gets down to like nine or eight, and then he'll make a move. So if you have a Burke or a DeLon Wright, you're begging for, for spot-up threes and kickouts because, you know, Luca, the ball's probably going up in the fourth quarter. Right, and when you have two high-usage players like they have with him and Porzingis, who he, he was all right today. You know, Hardaway Porzingis started out slow, uh, had me a little bit nervous. You know, Porzingis came up short. Hardaway got there. You know, nothing to write home about. But when you have teams like that, it's basically crumbs left for the other guys. You know, you really need them to hit those other categories, which Hardaway didn't do today, uh, which is why he just kind of got you there. So cash games, you're, you're good with that. You know, give, give me the 5X. But uh, tournaments, we want that 7-8X return. I was just doing some catching up. I had a busy day myself. Looked like Victor Aladipo actually played. And the kind of shorthanded Pacers stuck it to Orlando. A little bit of a surprise there. But good for the Pacers to get it together. We talked about them yesterday. You know, they're from the Midwest. They are just a well-rounded team. Kind of like Orlando. They just kind of get it done. You know, they don't have the most talent. But impressive win to kind of be shorthanded, obviously. And no Sabonis, who is arguably their best player. And Jeremy Lamb's not with the team. So Depot played, the Pacers got it done. Vucevic was still very good in that game. He was 
having a pretty bad start, but he ended up with a 35 DKP. So pretty good game from Vuce. Other than that, in that game, I, what, what would you think about the result of the Pacers game? TJ Warren, man. TJ Warnership, as we called him yesterday, got a ton again today. I mean, 32 points again. And, you know, that was his MO in college. That dude stepped on the floor at NC State and it was 20 points. You, you just started at 20 and see how high you could go. So uh, even with the return of Brogdon the other day, Oladipo today, really carrying this team offensively. So it didn't, didn't smash in all the other categories like he did the other day, but still contributed across the board. You know, three steals, one block today, a couple rebounds, but 32 points against, against a very good defensive team. And even without Jonathan Isaac, it's still a team we don't really want to target against. So uh, interesting to see where this price goes. You know, we discussed the price yesterday. Clearly it wasn't high enough. Uh, drops another 50-burger. Uh, let's see where this price goes the next game out. Yeah, I gave you the floor on TJ Warren there. You know they, what they say is true if you're – involved on one side of the ball maybe you get inspired to play a little defense these are more steals and block points I think he's ever had in his career and probably back-to-back games so good for TJ Warren who knows what he'll be next slate probably looking at at least 84 8500 and we'll see he wasn't highly owned at all today we'll see who goes back to the well yeah for sure uh one other guy for value today was really good and the game's kind of wrapping up now Kelly Olenek uh, really crushed today uh, against his former team so uh, that was a guy that I was pretty high on. It was tough decisions with center, though. FanDuel, you really hate to go cheap at center when you got, you know, the Aitons, the Vooches of the world that are available. So DraftKings makes it a little more easier. You can mix and match these guys around. FanDuel, really tough to invest in, in, in a cheaper center a lot of nights with these studs on the board. But uh, this guy continues to get it done. I know he's another guy like, like Trey Burke where you get nervous about any time Kelly Olenek is going to be chalk or popular. But uh, hard to argue with the results so far. And, you know, maybe Jimmy Butler being out helped that a little bit. Uh, they need a little bit more offense out of him. But uh, solid so far. And, and I think his price will continue to kind of stay under the radar. So just something for the listeners to, to keep an eye or, or the, the listeners to take advantage of. You know, he's not a household name that, that people are running out the roster. Uh, never going to be uber chalk. So uh, something that you're not too late to the, to the Kelly Olenek party. Yeah, and I think that Jimmy Butler late scratch obviously gave all those Miami cheaper guys quite a boost. Uh, Hero still carried some decent ownership. Olenek, I think, was about 25% owned, at least in the contest I was in. But, yeah, when Jimmy comes back, I'd probably pump the brakes a little bit on, on Hero for sure, just in terms of minutes. You're sharing the backcourt with a lot of guys that are Drogic and Kendrick Nunn are still there. But without Myers Leonard and Kelly Olenek is playing some good basketball, you know, I'm curious to see what his salary is. And, yeah, that game's not over yet, but they might actually beat Boston. I'm sure we'll know. You know whoever's listening will know. But uh, impressive from Miami without Jimmy Butler. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, that's a big win for them. So it looks like they're about to wrap it up here, uh, six-point lead. So, yeah, every, everyone will already know the result, but uh, it's kind of fun to watch it live here and report on it. But all in all, you know, I, I feel like today went, uh, you know, besides the landmines, it went pretty close to to kind of what we talked about yesterday, you know, with Warren, avoid the Brooklyn guys. And, you know, the studs did what they were supposed to do, especially Lucas. So, Pretty solid day. You know, the numbers are looking good. We still have that big game again. So you don't want to you want to count your chickens before they hatch. But uh, all in all, solid day. Looking forward to doing it again here. Absolutely. Let's take a look at the slate coming up. We'll start with Memphis and Utah, the 2-30 game. And the big injury news of last night would be Jaron Jackson Jr. done for the year. I believe he tore his meniscus. 
tough news. The kid was finally coming into his own, had a really big opportunity, was a huge part of the offense. He was playing over 30 minutes. You know, there was a point where Jaron Jackson was just on such a short leash and finally let him go. And, and here we are. So, and it might be Brandon Clark season. So here we are, Memphis, Utah, two thirty. What are your thoughts? Yeah, just it sucks to see that. I mean, the, the kid was playing so well, and, and the issue with him has always been very handsy, as our boy Dean loves to say, and, and gets himself in a lot of early foul trouble, but uh, really starting to come into his own. So you hate to see injuries you know, creep into anybody. Whether you're a Memphis fan or not, you don't want to see a guy like this go down. So uh, it's next man up, and I think that name is going to be Brandon Clark here. So I, I'm going to keep an eye on the ownership with this one and, and see where it goes. If he's going to be heavy, heavy chalk, that I have an issue with, but uh, that's one I, I really want to mark down, you know, highlight and really look at that ownership before I lock things in tomorrow. But under 5K uh, on both sites, and when you run the numbers uh, with our court IQ tool, you take Jackson out of that lineup, this guy puts up numbers, 1.13 fantasy points per minute. That's higher than John Morant's fantasy output uh, over that same stretch. So uh, hard to argue with that. When, you, when you're out producing the, the rookie of the year uh, in this scenario, uh, obviously a guy we want to look at. So uh, Clark, I think, will be popular if he's overly popular. And I'm talking 40-plus percent. You know, then I'm nervous about ownership. But if he's in the 20s, 30s, I think he's a perfectly viable value play tomorrow. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and Ja is interesting. He's up to 8K on DraftKings. Burnt a lot of people. He was chalk on the last slate that the Grizzlies were on. And it's a little bit of a different jaw than we had with the sample size and court IQ. Throughout the regular season, he was shooting about 13 field goal attempts a game. Since the restart, he's shot an average of 20. So I think Ja will have even more opportunity. But, yeah, like Brandon Clark a lot, not the the most ideal matchup to maybe target an 8K guy in. But for me, usage trumps matchup. And not anybody's really playing a heck of a lot of defense since the restart. It's kind of the common theme. So I like both of those guys in that game. On the flip side of the ball, obviously you want to target some Utah players. Memphis pace we know Jaron Jackson is one less person to run the post game through so maybe they push the tempo even a little bit more and you look at Donovan Mitchell 75 on DK like that a lot Jordan Clarkson dropped a dud in his revenge game uh, just did not play well against the Lakers so I, I don't mind going back to Jordan Clarkson Mike Conley a little revenge narrative too you want I, I, the same guys I think you can target is what I'm saying the same usual suspects for Utah they're in a very paced up spot right here yeah I, I'm more of the the secondary guys here for me for Utah I love Conley I mean he's under 6k on DraftKings it's a great price on him and, and he's a guy that's been a lot more aggressive uh, since the return I think he's probably uh, helped out by COVID getting a little healthy you know, older guy getting some time off. So looks a little bit more fresh. Uh, Memphis, we know, has really struggled uh, defending the point guard position, bottom 10 uh, in fantasy points allowed. So I like him. I'm glad you brought up Clarkson. I mean, the dude shot one for nine from three, two for 13 uh, in that game against the Lakers. He's going to get it going. He provides some punch for them. And Royce O'Neal, a, a guy playing a ton of minutes, played 34 minutes in that last game against the Lakers so uh, I think you can't you know he's another guy in that kind of mid-range I'm not seeking out Royce O'Neal but you know you get you build some lineups and you get to that last piece and you're looking for a guy he's that guy I think you want to plug in that that spot so uh, Conley Clarkson and O'Neal for me here on Utah. A guy I won't be going out of my way to target tomorrow but wouldn't mind a few shares if I'm playing a ton of lineups 
It's Dylan Brooks, as if he needed another reason to shoot the ball some more. You know, Jackson shooting the ball double-digit amount of times a game. Uh, you know, obviously they're going to be very guard-oriented moving forward. Dylan Brooks, interesting spot. 5,200 on DK. You know, he always has that 7, 8x times value. Donovan Mitchell isn't the best defender over there. Dylan Brooks is in play for tournaments, for sure. You're a Dylan Brooks guy, I can tell you. We've done two shows. You brought him up twice. So that, that's – I don't hate to play. He's a guy that I end up on a lot as well. And real quick, back to Memphis. What do we do with Grayson Allen? I mean, here's another revenge. We got a lot of revenge. You could do a revenge stack of this game. But, I mean, the price jumped up on DraftKings. You know, he was down in the, the 3K, 3.1K, all the way up to 4,300. Uh, it makes that a tough pill to swallow. But the Andal's still down at 3,700, and this guy's playing minutes. So – Another guy that I, I'm not searching out, but if you stack this game, there's a lot of value. If you need some value, I don't hate Grayson Allen, especially on FanDuel. Grayson Allen, he just always – would have thought, man. I thought he was dead and buried, and uh, now he's back in our lives. So He just always becomes relevant at one point of each season. At some point, you know, look, look at it. You're right. Look at his minutes, 22, 28, 31. One less player in the rotation now. Obviously, it's not his exact position, but – yeah, he's up to 4,300 on DK. Obviously, like a little more on FanDuel. He'll carry some ownership, I think, for sure. Yeah, I mean, not the worst play in the world. And again, you get, get a lot of revenge nerves. I'm, I'm a big narrative guy. You know, it's fun. People are always like, give me the numbers. Give me the analytics. And that's fine. I'm all about that as well. But let's have some damn fun here as well. And narratives, I think, are a big part of this game. There's a little something extra there, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not a full-blown narrative guy, but, I t- you know, former team kind of thing. you got to take it into consideration, for sure. Yeah, let's, let's have some fun here. So, I, I think that's good on Memphis, Utah. What do we got up next? Philly and the Wizards. Wow, what a game the Sixers had the other night. Shake Milton, uh, no Fs given, just launched a three right. for the win, and boom, a guy who came off probably his worst game as a pro prior to the game. Uh, the other night against the Spurs and, and just, just for the win, shake Milton Sixers desperately needed that win. That, that was a funny game for the Sixers. It, uh, two more wing players continue to kind of dominate Philly. Uh, Rudy Gay and DeMar DeRozan had great games. Uh, and obviously we, we knew uh, a couple slates ago that another wing player dominated the Sixers. So I don't know what it is schematically with them, but uh, you know, here come the Wizards. Uh, Troy Brown has been in play every slate so far. And I see a guy you're looking at again. Yeah, I think there's still value in, in that price tag under 6K on both sites. So, you know, he's a guy that I've been playing pretty much the entire time. You know, he started out, kind of gave us that dud and has picked it up. I mean, they don't have anybody. They, they, they need him to provide a ton of, ton of offense, hit some categories. There's no Bradley Beal. There's no John Wall. Uh, the Napier-ish Smith kind of cannibalizing each other. makes it really hard to play either of those guys. Uh, Rui Hachimura it draws a tougher matchup here with, with this Philadelphia interior. And they got Ben Simmons playing power forward now, and that, that's what's leading to Shake Milton get so many minutes. So you're dealing with Embiid, Horford, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons does not make me want to play any of these bigs. You know, Thomas Bryant has been phenomenal. I think this is where that train kind of comes to a halt. So really it's Troy Brown Jr. bust for me on, on Washington. And for me, it's to run it back. And there's, there's a couple Philly guys I want to absolutely lock into my lineups, and Troy Brown will be the running back for me. I'm not messing with the rest of these guys on Washington. Yeah, and for Philly, when they're healthy, it's hard to pick your spots. So every other slate under normal conditions, somebody's usually sitting out. 
Uh, tomorrow, it seems like they'll all be healthy. Although I wouldn't be surprised if Embiid gets scratched for rest purposes or something like Don't that. Don't say that. Now I want to lock Embiid into my lineups here. I mean, he's he's absolutely dominated this team. And, and Washington, we know, is terrible against the center position. So really depends on the site. DraftKings juiced him up a little bit, but FanDuel still lagging behind at 9,500 on Joel Embiid. So for me, if he's going to be in and I don't get that news, and this is one of the earlier games, lock button play on FanDuel. Also want to lock in Tobias Harris here against the Washington Wizards. Only 6,900 on Fandle for him. And gone over 40 in both games here uh, in the bubble. Also 42 points per game against Washington this season. So a good matchup. A guy that's in good form. And 6,900 just way too cheap for Tobias Harris on Fandle. Yeah, he's playing elite basketball. He's 86 over on DraftKings. Yeah, that, that one's uh, – that's that's uh, you're going to get low ownership on that price. We kind of talked about that uh, with T.J. Warren, you know, the difference in the sites. You know, I, I prefer the $6,900 price point. Tobias Harris, a guy that never really carries a ton of ownership, so I don't worry about it even at a discounted price. But DraftKings, you're, you're going to get very, very minimal ownership there. So much rather play him on FanDuel. But that, that 8600 that, that's a tough pill to swallow there. Hachimura under 6K, a guy who's tough to figure out. Uh, I think if there's anywhere you know, to, to attack Philly, it's maybe at the three or the four. Uh, as good as Tobias is, offensively, he's not the greatest defender. Uh, interesting to see where Ben Simmons lines up. The whole calling Ben Simmons at the power forward thing is almost like half a formality. He right. still brings the ball up like 60% of the time, which it, it kind of – Give Shake Milton a value hit there. Uh, you know, Shake at fifty four hundred tomorrow. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I'll go back to that on DraftKings. I'm sure he's a little cheaper on FanDuel, so he might be in play over there. But yeah, hopefully MVP plays because he's a guy I definitely will be having in my lineups. But I'm just saying, with the way things have been playing out, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to handle business without him. Yeah, I don't think they need all these guys. So let's just hope it's not the guys we want to play that that are ruled out. Let's let's give Ben Simmons the, the night off or. Al Horford could use a night off, but love Embiid and Harris if they're in there tonight. Absolutely, absolutely. Good points, good points. Denver and the Spurs tomorrow. Denver has been one of the crazier teams to try and figure out. Obviously, we know about Michael Porter Jr.'s coming out party a couple games ago. What a performance. So it looks like Will Barton is going to be out. Gary Harris is going to be out. And Jamal Murray is questionable. So on the Denver side of things, Beer, what's your first thought over there? I mean, we're, we got to wait on the Jamal Murray news. I, I don't think it's going to cause us to hesitate on the bigs that we're going to talk about, but we'll see what happens there. You know, a lot of people loving playing some Monte Morris here without Jamal Murray. So uh, just keep an eye on that one. Hopefully we get some early morning news here. Uh, after you listen to this pod, hopefully we got some news on Jamal Murray. But Michael Porter Jr. I think is going to be uber, uber chalk, especially on FanDuel at 5,500. So had a great game. Hopefully you got out, you got it out, and 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 benefited from it yesterday. I don't know that I want to play Michael Porter Jr. at heavy ownership here at fifty five hundred. DraftKings a little bit higher price. That should negate some of the ownership. But uh, what do you think? I, I think this guy could be near fifty percent ownership on Fanduel. That price is just egregious at fifty five hundred. Yeah, I guess I'm more inclined to play him on, on the site with the lower ownership if I'm gonna if I'm gonna take right. a stab at it. Obviously, I don't think I'll go for 50-plus again, but 
on FanDuel, power forward has been a complete wasteland uh, of a position to try to target people. Uh, obviously, no Jaron Jackson, so you got Brandon Clark over there, I believe, right? He's listed at the power forward, yep, so yep. You know, he'll be pretty popular. Uh, you'll probably see a lot of Clark, Michael Porter lines, you know, if you kind of want to get away from doing that to try to differentiate yourself. You're going to have to make a decision. Uh, I'm 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 probably gonna have shares of him on DraftKings. I I can't see him being too high at 6,200. No, especially with the position sure. flexibility options over there. Yeah, so. you, you'll get lower ownership over there. So that you know, and those are things you got to look at. So if you want to play Porter on, on Fanduel, play him in cash games. You know, then yeah, I don't really worry about the ownership in that scenario. But uh, whoever plays cash games anymore, tournaments, keep an eye on it. You know, if it if it's gonna land in the you know the high 20s, low 30s. I'm not as worried about it, but when it's 50%, Michael Porter Jr. is the kind of guy that you're going to get these spike games from, and then you're going to get some of the other games that we've seen from him. It's just a young guy figuring out his way in the NBA. It's going to happen. So uh, why not just jump off the train now, cash some, chick- check, cash some tickets from the other day, and uh, uh, wait for a better day where we can jump on at lower ownership again? Uh, for me, I think if Jamal Murray is in, I might, I might be out on a lot of shares on Michael Porter on DraftKings. Uh, on FanDuel, I'll probably have some regardless, just that issue of volatility and generous price, generous price. So I definitely keep an eye on Jamal Murray news for, for many reasons. You know, you got some volatile guys for the Nuggets there. Torrey Craig's there at 42. You know, he had a good game uh, a couple of nights ago, and he had a dud. Uh, you know, Jeremy Grant, another guy super volatile, uh, especially with – uh, Michael Porter coming on now. Who, who knows? Mike Malone is one of the more unpredictable coaches, and he's very vague with whatever he says. So it's really tough to get a read on what they do over there. And he's still got the veteran Paul Millsap. So uh, it's suddenly kind of crowded uh, up front now when everybody's healthy. With you got to find time for Michael Porter now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I don't mind taking a shot here and there. Uh, you know, on a Grant uh, Millsap, even. I mean, fifty one hundred DraftKings uh, Fanduel. He's under five K. So. He's one of the boring vanilla type names. You don't get uber excited to play a Paul Millsap, but uh, I do think he's a guy that can give you six X on that number. And then we haven't talked Jokic. I don't think we need to spend a lot of time here. I prefer Embiid, but uh, maybe Jokic comes in low or own. But if everybody's back, Jamal Murray's back, that's less offensively he has to do. But this is a guy that can triple double any night of the week. So don't need some uh, hard hitting analysis here on Jokic ranks behind Embiid for me, but certainly in play here against San Antonio. Yeah, and on the Spurs side of the ball, DeRozan 8,300. Then you got the other two-headed monster in the backcourt there with Murray at 6K on DK. Derek White at 5,900. Rudy Gay's up to 5,600. He's kind of getting to that area where I'm like, eh, probably won't see 30 minutes. Not really too interested in Rudy Gay. He has, you know, we've seen him have the upside and limited action before, but Probably not one of my, you know, hit a good game against Philly. Like I said, probably not one of my first options today, though. Uh, Poetel at 5K. It does look like Bellinelli is going to play. Uh, and Patty Mills is healthy now. Rin Forbes is out. So, yeah, it's harder to play those guards and figure out where the usage is going to come from, especially when they're both around 6K now. You know, they're not mid-fives. They're not 5K flat anymore. And Rudy Gay is playing well. And Lonnie Walker has to fit in at some point. Keldon Johnson's turned into something at 4K right. here on DK. And if I'm looking for a punt, I'd consider him. But I don't know what his upside is, especially now with Bellinelli, who will play some to some capacity, and with Patty Mills back. So the Spurs are tough for me. Probably won't target a ton of them. 
I'm being honest. What are your thoughts over there? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, it's not a lot I like on this team. You know, they really want to take a look at these young guys. So that's going to spread more minutes out. And we've seen Lonnie Walker play some decent minutes, look decent in spots, look like a guy who's still figuring it out. Same with Keldon Johnson. So it, it's more of a, they're just going to play too many guys and you're really just throwing darts. So I do like Deontay Murray. I do think there's, there's seven, eight up, seven, eight X upside on his prices, even at 6K. Uh, this is a guy that can go nuts. And, and Rudy Gay, you're right. DraftKings priced out, but FanDuel is still down to 4,600. And uh, they want to look at the young guys. I don't know why they're giving Rudy Gay so much run, but uh, 4,600, not a bad price tag on him. A guy gets you 30 fantasy points at that point, at that price point. I'll take that any day of the week. Once again, you're listening to the NBA Morning Grind right here on Roto Grinders. I'm here with Chris Pritz, a.k.a. Beer. We're breaking down the NBA slate. We're about halfway through here. Next one up, we got OKC and the Lakers and, uh, you know, Anthony Davis. What a game last – not last Huge. night. Huge. Monday. just a stud, man. Just disgusting. Just disgusting. So – Wow, uh, he looked really, really good, uh, and LeBron was okay. LeBron hasn't had that game yet, so what are your thoughts initially, just on the Lakers side of the ball for now? Yeah, we know it's it's those two. I, I think you can throw Kyle Kuzma in for value. Outside of that, you, you're really stretching. I tried to play Danny Green on opening night. We we know how that goes, and you start getting cute with some of these other guys. But I think it's really uh, sight sensitive here. You know, LeBron's down to ten one on Fanduel. Then you go over to DraftKings. Anthony Davis, the cheaper option of the two at 10-3. So that's kind of how I'm attacking it. You know, give me, give me the cheaper option. can be tough to, to cram both of these guys uh, in a lineup, which, you know, you're going to get 50, 60, upwards of 70 fantasy points any night of the week. But uh, as it stands right now, LeBron on Fanduel for me because he's cheaper. Anthony Davis, the cheaper option on DraftKings. Yeah, and Oklahoma City, I'm just peeping Fanduel right now, has – a lot of guys at price points that I would normally consider targeting them at. Chris Paul, 73, okay. Uh, right. Gilgis Alexander, uh, 69, not bad. No Dennis Schroeder. Steven Adams is under 6K. Uh, Gallinari under 6K. These are all guys who, you know, could potentially have a 6 sex upside. It's just hard to figure out uh, who, who's going to get you there. Chris Paul's been playing some good yes, basketball. Uh, I think he has a safe floor at that price of 7,300. Uh, Gilgis Alexander, he was super chalked the other night after the uh, Schroeder news. I think he was 6K flat on DraftKings, so, and rightfully so. And he was okay. I think he went for – he might have even just been under five times value. He, he wasn't he great. He was in the 30s. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, when he's that cheap, uh, he's going to be a stud. And give him another year or two. Oh, yeah. Oh, but, yeah, there's some targetable guys over there. I'm not running out of my way to go over to OKC tomorrow, but I, I wouldn't talk you out of any of them. Yeah, for sure. CP3 is the guy that, that's kind of the running back for for any Lakers I, I'm going to put in the lineup. 7,300 is too cheap for him. You know, DraftKings 79, probably where he should be priced. That feels about accurate. But uh, Fandle feels like there's some value there. But uh, the worry with the rest of these guys, I mean, they're they're giving minutes to a lot of guys. I mean, Dort has averaged 33 minutes per game. Basley's getting some runs. So uh, there's just a lot. I, I think those guys, again, if you're stacking this game, they could be some value pieces that you throw in. But uh, for me, it's mainly stick with the studs in this game. LeBron, Davis, uh, I'm going with the cheaper option on both sites. And then uh, Chris Paul is really the guy I want here. Uh, no defenders there for, for the Lakers. I'm, I'm really concerned about point guard position. Yeah, it's tough to actually like some of these Thunder min price guys because yeah. none of them are usage guys at all, at all. 
you're begging for some spot up threes and transition baskets and some garbage steals and, and like a, a, a volatile high output rebounding game or something. But when you're playing like a $4 tournament on DK and there's 300,000 entries, you might see one in the winning lineup that goes for 20, 22 points or something like that. Uh, so I know these OKC cheap guys seem to get a lot of hype. I don't know what it is about Basley and Dorton Diallo. People love Diallo. I, so I don't, I don't get it either. <laughs> it's just hard to pick one of them. I, I mean, I don't want to pick one of them, and I probably won't be picking any of them tomorrow. There's there's some decent value out there, uh, especially on FanDuel. I, I don't. It's, it's hard to dig that deep with the Thunder. Yeah, I mean, if you're stacking, it, it can help because when you're spending big money on LeBron, Davis, Chris Paul, Gilgis Alexander, you start getting where you're like, okay, I don't, I don't have much money left. So when I'm looking for value pieces to – to finish out a stack, I'm going to try to stay in that same game. If I can find some minimum price guys uh, in that same game, it makes sense, you know, get, get those guys in there. So that's where a door to Basley would come into play outside of that. I'm, I'm not rostering these guys unless it's part of that stack. Toronto gets Orlando on a back-to-back second leg. Orlando lost to the Pacers. We talked about that in the show opening. I think big story for the Toronto Raptors right now is Fred Van Fleet is yes. healthy and he played exceptionally well the other day. Yeah, it's kind of the, the theme of the podcast here is underpriced on FanDuel. We'll, we'll put it in quotes. We could probably come up with a little list, but 7000 on Fred Van Vliet on FanDuel. And I, I know we both kind of avoid guys against Orlando for the most part, but a price like that, I, I'm going to take advantage of it. DraftKings has him juiced up to where he should be, but – FanDuel, once again, uh, underpriced. I know we both love some OG. I mean, this dude's playing minutes, 32, 33 minutes uh, each of the last two games. So uh, there's value there. And even Siakam, uh, his price on DraftKings looks accurate. FanDuel, 7900 probably too cheap. So Van Vliet, really the guy I like here. I think Kyle Lowry is priced appropriately. I, I don't think there's any meat on that bone. But Van Vliet, OG, Siakam, I, I think are all po- viable plays here in this game. Yeah, obviously OG is super volatile, but that random statistic, a steal, he has at least one steal in 17 straight games dating back to February. Not so the guy's straight. active. He is 55 on DK. Van Fleet is 7-7 on DK. It's a little, again, it's still getting up there a little bit. And yep. Siakam's 8,800. So I much prefer Siakam on FanDuel, not only due to the price, but just the small forward position only eligibility kind of thing. <sighs> Man. Yeah. That Orlando team is tough to figure out, but I do like that they're on a second leg of a back to back. So who knows? Maybe we'll even see some news there. Um, I think Michael Carter Williams got hurt last he, night. Yeah. He got hurt today. Uh, likely going to be out. So I think that's the one to make sure if you confirm he's out, maybe we get more run out of Markel Fultz. I know they're trying to limit his minutes to, to 20, Maybe we get 25. We get a little bit of an uptick. But to be honest, I, there's nothing I really like on the Orlando side in this matchup. You know, A, it's a tough matchup defensively. B, they're playing so many guys, so many minutes. You know, we kind of talked about it yesterday. Guys like Fournier, Ross. I mean, you, you really got to have them score 25 real-life points to, to even make any hay on those salaries. So uh, not a ton I like here. Aaron Gordon's price on FanDuel is attractive. Uh, yesterday it's come up a little bit probably some 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 juice there we can still jump on but all in all I I don't love this game I love the underpriced Toronto guys on FanDuel but Orlando I'm really having a hard time coming up with anything I'm going to go out of my way to to reach for and throw in lineups today yeah I can't really find anything on Orlando even with Isaac being out I guess if I had to pick one play 
that I like the most on DK would probably be Fournier just at that price, 5,200. Another one of those low five guys that always carries kind of seven, eight X upside where you're like, yeah, I could see it. And it doesn't typically happen in tough matchups, but you're not exactly shocked when it does. Right. Uh, Terrence Ross revenge game. If you want to get crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that that's I mean, I don't I don't mind him. He'd probably be the one if I got to pick one, but we don't need to play every game. That's no. the beauty of DFS. We can cross some of these teams off and Orlando just feels like one of those teams. Unless I hear Markel Fultz minutes are going to go up, which I don't think we're going to hear. Uh that's pretty much the only thing I'm really paying attention to. So Orlando, uh, X them out, uh, nothing there for me. The nightcap tonight is Brooklyn at Boston, Boston oh. and Brooklyn two teams both on their second legs of back to back. Who are we going to see on the Brooklyn side of things? I'm looking for news. I don't think we're, I think Levert will probably play. Is that, was that what you're looking at? Beer? I would, I would think so. And, and he's a guy I'm always interested in. I mean, we, we saw before we went into COVID that this dude was putting up some massive games. I think one of those games actually came against uh, this Boston team, but I mean, he was throwing up 60 burgers left and right there before, before the break. So if he's in there, he's the guy. Right now, I have honestly, I have some notes written down. I have a ton of question marks with Brooklyn. That, that's all I wrote down. So really tough to say without knowing who's going to be in that lineup. If they get everybody back, it's pretty much Levert or bust for me. If these guys are all out again, I think it's the same situation we're going to be in as we were yesterday. You know, you're, you're really just throwing darts. I mean, there were guys putting up numbers that, that were very, very low owned. We didn't even know we we're going to play. Jamal Crawford was back in the mix. So it's just one of those hands-off situations. You know, if you had uh, Cabaret today, congratulations. If you had Garrett Temple yesterday, congratulations. But I don't know how anybody can feel good about the, these Brooklyn guys and knowing who's going to be productive when these guys are out. So Lavert or Bust, if he's in there for me. Yeah, I think it's noteworthy. Jamal Crawford played five minutes and got hurt, did something that was hamstring, and he didn't return. So I think that led to the Garrett Temple eruption you saw. Uh, Please, pro- I, I'm, I'm probably begging you to not chase that if they yes, no, 5,800. <laughs> I will absolutely beg you not to chase that. Especially if Levert's playing and, and all that stuff. Uh, on the other side of the ball, maybe things get a little more interesting there. Kemba Walker is apparently not going to play uh, after playing the first leg of the back-to-back last night. So, obviously, that always opens up usage situations. Then you get the Marcus Smart action. Uh, some people go after Brad Wanamaker, who's like one of my least favorite people to punt because he's kind of like a Trey Burke even when he has opportunities seven or eight times out of ten he's going to clunk yeah you'll get that Trey Burke overtime type performance from a couple days ago once in a while at a Wanamaker but there's too many usage guys on that team if it's only Kemba sitting you got Tatum who's just the biggest usage hog you know, Jalen Brown gets his. When Cantor has time, he gets his too. And Marcus Smart's a guy that can kind of fill it up. He typically plays pretty well against Brooklyn. So I think yeah, depending on the price, you might see Marcus Smart's name floating around across the industry. Yeah, he's the guy I have written down. I mean, 5,800 on FanDuel. So uh, pretty easy rule of Marcus Smart. If he's going to be very highly owned, just stay away. This dude never makes it uh, as a chalk option. But Uh, This feels eerily similar to yesterday, you know, with Milwaukee. You know, what does Boston do? Maybe they arrest some guys. You know, they they love to get breaks to to Hayward, Jalen Brown. So maybe that's a scenario. Maybe they limit some minutes here. So, you know, if Lavert is in there, that helps. Maybe it keeps Brooklyn competitive. And, hell, they went out and beat Milwaukee today. So so what do we know? But uh, it just feels like another situation. I don't really want to load up 
too highly on Boston. You know, we don't have the same late night hammer that we had yesterday uh, with Houston and Portland. This one uh, kind of disappointing that this is the nightcap with Brooklyn and Boston. So pretty much smart for me, especially on FanDuel under 6K. Uh, you can always play Tatum. Brown, Hayward can mix those guys in, but a smarter bust here for Boston for me. Yeah, this slate doesn't really have the expected fireworks like we were all anticipating last night, which which maybe for a good thing. Maybe we kind of regress to some some normalcy. But with the way things have been going so far, I'd say that's probably not going to happen. No, not going to happen. <laughs> probably not going to happen. It's, it's nice to get it out there in, in the world, out there in existence, but it probably is not going to happen. I, on Boston, I, I like playing Jalen Brown anytime he's under 7K. The guy is such a high floor. Talk about the leap a young player has made from the last year or two. Jalen Brown is, is an exceptional wing player. I, I feel pretty confident playing him in, in all formats, pretty much against any team, especially without Kemba. A couple more shots for Jalen. He'll be a little more active. So I, I like his floor, and he always has that upside as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's come a long way. You know, that, that rookie season, you started the question, why did they take this guy so highly? And now we're starting to see it. So, you know, I always prefer him over Gordon Hayward. Those guys always seem to be priced right next to each other. You always have that decision to make. But I think Jalen Brown, really the guy uh, you want out of that that group. So as far as Tatum goes, without Kemba Walker on the floor, you're talking about almost 33% usage rate, 1.3 fantasy points per minute. So uh, I just worry that Brooklyn can can stay competitive in this game. We get a full game out of Tatum, but he's the guy that can really benefit here uh, without Kemba Walker. And, he, you know, you know he's limited. It's hard, it's hard to trust those numbers just because Kemba Walker was playing regular minutes before COVID. But uh, Tatum always in play for me. Just looking at the salaries on DK – it might be a day where you see more balanced builds, uh, depending on if anything happens with Embiid. You know, you have AD and LeBron. Usually people take a stand on one of them, uh, especially since they're both over 10K. 10-3 and 10-7 here on DK. Uh, and that's it. You know, Giannis played yesterday. Harden and Westbrook played yesterday. So uh, not a huge top-heavy slate of names that, that's listed in front of me here. You know, you got your eight guys. You got your DeRozans and your Tatums, Vucevic, you know, Chris Paul. So uh, if I had to guess, not a lot of obvious value either, right. uh, unless we get some late scratches here, and especially, especially if Jamal Murray plays too. That, that, you know, that's another wrench that uh, is going to get thrown in there. And uh, tomorrow or today, excuse me, might be the day. Yeah, and Brooklyn is the, the late game. So, you know, you're, you're really going to have to be paying attention to the news and, and figuring out your swaps beforehand because uh, that, that's a big domino that today we had early on. We can make those decisions. But, you know, today we have to wait till the end of the slate for Brooklyn. So uh, that, that obviously is the news you want to keep an eye on. Murray, like I said, is another one we want to keep an eye on. Uh, Michael Carter-Williams, uh, to a lower extent, uh, an injury that – could open up a few minutes for some guys but yeah kind of you know not, not the uber stars on, on this slate the, the Lakers guys Embiid but uh, I feel like a balanced approach is probably the way a lot of people are going to go and what do we say we don't want to be like everybody else so uh, a lot of days it's the stars and scrubs and we want that balanced approach today maybe we want to seek out some value you know the guys like Grayson Allen some of those names we've mentioned uh, and go with that stars and scrubs build and, and force Davis LeBron Embiid into our lineup and, and avoid that that Brooklyn chalk once again. What's uh, what's your biggest surprise? What what surprised you the most since the restart? And anything in general across the association that you're kind of that's kind of wowed you? 
Uh, I mean, to play a TJ Warren, I think it's got to be right at the top of the list and really stepping it up. And, and, and just the fact that a lot of these teams are playing so many guys and we get that, you know, during the season and towards the end of the year, teams that want to take a look at their younger guys, but uh, some of these teams are going 10, 11 deep and just makes it very tough for us to, to find guys on those teams that we like to play. We, we talked about New Orleans yesterday. Memphis is in that camp. You know, there's some other teams that are going so deep that can almost just cross them off, like Orlando. You know, they're playing so many guys, we can just cross them off. So it's been fun. I, I know that. I, I love the setup of the games. I, I know you agree uh, with all-day basketball. You can't beat that. And uh, looking forward to another, uh, another slate. And just pay attention to that news. Going to keep saying it. I know it seems simplistic. seems easy. Don't make a lineup and walk away for the day. Be plugged in, and we're here to help you at Roto-Grinders for sure on top of the news, so you don't have to be. You can go take that walk. Let us do the dirty work for you. Yeah, top-of-the-line tools, our optimizers on point, our premium articles are are worth every penny uh, with a lot of great analysts on the staff. I love seeing everybody's input. It's really, the thing is when you try to absorb them, you got to absorb as much information as you can and make your own decisions at the end of the day, and it's really cool to hear everyone's perspective there's 5 million different reasons you can make a case to play one guy. Um, and sometimes the most important opinion is your own, but it's good. You know, yeah, wow. I didn't realize so-and-so was going to get a usage bump or, or how many minutes this guy might get. Everybody sees and perceives information differently. Uh, that's why I think our expert survey is really cool. You know, you get a lot of decent uh, convenient information from four of our experts uh, just to see their quick hits for the day, kind of a cliff note version of the slate. And you don't have to agree with everything. You, you could disagree with things. I, I think it was a great point you made, and I've been saying this for a decade. Make your own decisions. Don't be the guy that, you told me to play Grayson Allen, and he sucked. I, <laughs> I suggested that I liked him. That doesn't mean that you have to play him in your lineups. You know, make your own decisions. We're here to help. We're here to give you our, our opinions, and, and we put a lot of time and, and effort into this, and so we're not going to get them all right. But I'd like to think we get more right than we get wrong, and at the end of the day, that's what you're looking for. So uh, make your own lineups, people. You, you got this. We're here to help. But uh, you, guys, you guys have that final say in who's going in those lineups. All right. So before we get out of here, I know you've got a football draft coming up. Yes, sir. Tell me a little bit about that real quick. So I am in the uh, FFPC Pros versus Joes. So FFPC is a season-long platform. They do have some uh, best balls and different things. They, they got a lot of stuff going on over there. But uh, something I've been playing forever, you know, since, almost since the beginning. But uh, they do a draft where they, they pit six uh, industry analysts against six people uh, that they call Joes that they randomly pick uh, out of people that play on their site. And uh, they throw a league together. I think there were six of these leagues all in all. And uh, you, you just draft and, and play the season out, and the winner gets a, a free entry into their main event uh, next season. So a great opportunity for people to play against people they know, people they see in the news. and. And for us, it's all about bragging rights, you know, playing against other analysts. So uh, really looking forward to it. So that, that's kicking off here tonight. So next time we're on together, we'll do a little recap and, and see how that draft went. All right, Beer, before we get out of here, I got to keep the, uh, as Will would call it, the GPP food of the day. So all right. what is your favorite type of specialty pizza? Uh, I'm a meat lovers guy. I, I'm a big guy, you know, and I don't, I don't do much of the veggies and things like that. So it's either meat lovers or, or a good barbecue chicken pizza is always on point too. You know, it's very simplistic. You got the chicken, give me a little onions on there. A lot of places use a sweet baby rays. So I uh, can't go wrong with either of those, but, uh, 
you know the big guys. So we, we love that meat lovers as well. Yeah, I think barbecue chicken beef is pretty underrated. I, I like the meat lovers too. You know, get the meat sweats. I don't care. It's worth it. Load up right, that sausage, absolutely. that ham, man. Throw it on there. <laughs> Uh, buffalo chicken pizza is good, but yeah, you know, some people overdo it. I, I love spice. I love hot sauce, but if, if the, if that, if the spice kills the rest of it, the ratio is important for the Buffalo chicken, I think. Oh yeah, no doubt. There, there's some people that load it up too much. You got to do it right. Fit nice and easy. You don't want to overdo that, that, that Buffalo on there. So, uh, if it's done properly, that is in the top three pizzas. If not, we toss it aside. We just grab us some meat lovers. All right, Chris, anything else before we get out of here? No, man, again, I appreciate everybody for tuning in. Good luck today. Uh, avoid some of these landmines. Hopefully, if you guys have any questions ever, you can always reach out on Twitter to either of us. I'm at Beer Makers Fan. I'll let you give your handle out there as well. But uh, love helping you guys and appreciate you guys again for tuning in. And uh, go get it. Let's go get this money. Yeah, definitely. Send us a message. We'll do whatever we can and or point you in the right direction. My Twitter handle is at the J Carlucci. So that about wraps up the Roto Grinders NBA morning grind for Chris Prince, aka Beer Makers fan. I'm Justin Carlucci. Good luck and have a great day.